What's happening, everyone? This is Kyle Draper. Welcome back to another edition of the Celtics Talk podcast. I'm joined, as always, by the insider himself, A. Sharad Blakely. What's going on, Sharad? What's up, Kyle Rashid Draper? Good. Uh, we got a whole lot to get to this podcast. We're going to take a look back at the Celtics season. I consider it a very successful season. We'll also talk about the upcoming NBA draft, this offseason, free agency, and the NBA finals. That's a lot, Drake. A lot, dude. This is what we do. If you don't want to put in the work, go somewhere else. You know? <laughs> Drake. You know, and, and, and here's the thing. I promise not to bring up our Celtics media game uh, on Thursday. <laughs> Which you just did. No, no. I promise not to talk about Sherrod giving up the game winner. I promise not to do that, so I'm not going to do that, Sherrod. And I won't mention the fact that you missed some critical free throws. No, stretch, but that's dude, another story. I put us up one with the free throw. My, in overtime. In overtime. Which wouldn't I put have happened if one. I hadn't scored to if force overtime. If I hadn't given you a good pass to set you up. He had three defenders <laughs> on him and realized that it was about to get eaten alive. All I it's know all is no way we should have lost that game. I agree. No but way. But when you miss 18 free throws as a team, that kind of happens. Yeah, yeah. And our defense was suspect. Not, not your play, but I'm just saying throughout the whole game, we didn't know who we were guarding. But it was good to get out fun, there. Man. That and, was a good game. Uh, it was a competitive it was a game, game, too. It was a good game. That's what I liked about it. Uh, the Celtics, a very competitive season uh, for them, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, mm-hmm. uh, forcing the game five, uh, even though they lost to Cleveland. And let's keep it real, Sherrod lost badly at home to the Cavs. I mean, none of the home games at the Garden were close. To me, uh, I think a lot of people are going to think about that and remember that. But it still, to me, doesn't take away from the kind of season they had. No, I mean, they, they had a great season. I mean, it, obviously, it didn't end the way they wanted to. And certainly, they feel they kind of left, you know, they, they left a game or two on the table that they could have had. Uh, but when you think about how they competed for the most part all season long, you think about how they had to finish that final series without Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you take away, he wasn't just a good scorer. He was the best scorer in the Eastern Conference. Uh, To take a player of that significance away from the mix for those last couple games, and truth be told, as we found out later, he probably shouldn't have played in that series at all Uh, when you think about some of the the health issues that he was dealing with. So uh, the Celtics, they had a good season. They had a good postseason run, and they have, I think, right now the kind of success this season that clearly they're positioned to build off of next season. And I think right now, more than anything else, their core guys are comfortable not only in terms of what they can do during the regular season, but also knowing that they can get it done in some very difficult, dire-type situations in the playoffs. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some individuals coming up in a minute. But first, uh, does this really cement that the regular season doesn't mean a whole lot? I mean, the Celtics chased the number one seed. I know that. Cleveland was supposed to be vulnerable. Uh, That was the talk uh, when the Cavs were struggling during the regular season. But as we saw in the playoffs, they've... They flipped the switch. Well, I think it comes down to just how your team is composed. Uh, if you are a team that like Cleveland, where you've got three of the top 15 players, you can put it in, in cruise mode down the stretch because you know that you've got the kind of talent that can overcome whatever rust or, or anything like that that you have to deal with in the playoffs. But if you're a team like Boston, who at that point, they were so unproven. They didn't know yeah. what the hell they could do in the playoffs. They, well, we've got the number one <clears> seed, <throat> but that doesn't mean squat. Yeah. They were able to get the most, I thought, out of that number one seed, considering how basically uninformed they were going into the playoffs. Yeah. They needed that, I think, to get past Chicago where they got down 0-2. They needed that against Washington because, yep. as we saw, every game, game was seven. won by the home yeah. team. Yeah. So they, I thought, really did the right thing in, going, in gunning for that number one seed. And, I, and Cleveland did the right thing because they knew that their success would be more predicated on the health of LeBron James, of guys like you know Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And so those guys got rest down a stretch. Right. 
so that once the playoffs rolled around, they're ready to hit, to hit the ground running. And, and the Celtics needed to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember when they lost the first two games to Chicago? All the talk was, this is the worst number one seed ever. And I you mean, know that would have been a, a, a weak. I mean, you would have been number one seed, but nobody really considered you that. But until you made it to the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals and you showed what you could do. Yeah, and, and you know, they they... When you look back at that series, you know, two obvious major developments. I mean, Isaiah just dealing with the death of his sister yeah. was a big, big blow to the, him and the team, obviously. Uh, and Rajon Rondo going yeah. down with an injury. I can't understate Rondo's uh, impact on the series and him not being there. Listen, he played two games. They won, they two, won games. two Right. He missed four games. They lost four <laughs> games. So, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be an MIT grad right. to do the math. You know, 2-0 and with, 0-4 without. Right, right. Uh, but, but the Celtics, I mean, clearly they got better in terms of their overall play when Rondo went out. And I'm not convinced that, that you know, Chicago would have won the series if Rondo played – well, didn't get hurt, right. but I do think that they probably would have won at least, at one, least more game. one more game. They yeah, I, I think we were looking at a seven-game series. Right, right. Uh, at, at you know, if if, uh, if Rondo didn't get hurt, but you know, the Celtics again, they they had a good season. They did a lot of positive things, but now I think this is where it really gets hard because. Yeah. Fans have had a taste right. of that high life. They know what it's like to be pumped up for the conference finals. They know what it's like to see their crew playing, being basically in the NBA's version of the Final Four. Now, what can you do to take that next step? Right. Which I think is the toughest part of this whole rebuilding process that this franchise has been in since 2013. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know, as presently constituted, you can automatically say the Celtics are going to be back in the Eastern Conference no. Finals next year. No. There has to be some sort of offseason addition for me to proclaim that. Is it going to be Gordon Hayward? I don't know. What's your thoughts? I think they, if you're at this point, they have to go big. And Gordon Hayward is nice, good player, but he's not going to get you past Cleveland. Right. You're, you're going to need to get something like an Anthony Davis, which is a crazy. Why? Hold on, Sean. No, no, Stop right me, now. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it. Stop all, it right now. Stop. The only reason we are mentioning Anthony Davis's name is because some kook named Gary Tangway keeps bringing it up. Let me explain something to Come you, Come on, young nobody butterfly. in the Let NBA, explain, no reputable reporter has brought up Anthony Let Davis. Let me explain something to you, young butterfly, and listen up and listen up closely, okay? That Pelicans franchise is trash. They have no future. You know they're, they're what do you mean they don't have any future? Dude, they DeMarcus got Anthony Cut Davis. That's how's that, that's how's that worked out so far? But... You surround Anthony Davis with talent. They have tried that, have and we, it still have doesn't we been, work. Have we been given any indication that they are trying to trade Anthony Davis? No. Or they are open? So but why you, are we talking about because this? Because back why? in 2013, excuse you me, 2007, what? there had been no indication that Kevin, or excuse me, Kevin Garnett was about to but bounce. But Kevin Garnett was a 13-year veteran or a 10-year veteran or whatever he was. Anthony Davis is still young. The point that I'm trying to make, Drace, before you cut me off four or five <laughs> times, is that if you are going to make a move that is going to move the needle and put you in the title conversation, it has to be somebody like Anthony Davis. It can't just be a Gordon Hayward. It can't just be a Blake Griffin. Those guys can make you better, but if you're talking about adding one guy in the NBA right now, that could potentially move you from being where you are to being a legit title contender. He is that type of player. He's the guy. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying. But why are we even talking about because this? Listen, because we're Listen talking up, about Celtics the type fans. of players that can move the needle for this franchise. And that's the type of player that would get it done. Celtics that's fans, what I'm talking do about. Do me a favor. Celtics fans, listen up. Oh, goodness. Anthony Davis is not coming here. He's he coming here at least once traded. a year. Exactly. Right. And he might not even play in that game. He might, be hurt. He, might, he might be hurt. He might be hurt. But let this whole Anthony Davis pipe dream, I know that's the type of player. 
But it's not happening. You have there to have zero. that conversation. What's Drake? the last all-star superstar to be traded? Crickets. That's the sound of crickets. Carmelo Anthony. How many years ago was that? That was like six, seven years ago. Superstars don't get traded, Sherrod. Especially young 23, 24-year-old superstars, whatever Anthony Davis is. And I don't want to turn this into an Anthony, but I'm tired of it. You already of, did. No, but I'm tired of you it, man. Everybody did. always brings up Anthony Davis. It's not and you know happening. What? And Drapes, and the more reason, realistic. The, the reason why, Drapes, is because we're talking about winning a title. That's what this franchise wants to do. So you have to look around the league. Who... One, has the ability to be that type of transformative player. And two, is in a situation that I think we all agree is pretty crappy as it is right now. That's why you bring him up. No one is saying he's going to be walking through that door tomorrow. <laughs> no one is, is that delusional. But when you're talking about a player that can move the needle, a player who, again, is in a situation that clearly is not a winning one, he is one of the guys that immediately comes to mind. This is That's ridiculous, all I'm saying. man. This is That's just, all I'm I mean, this is the media... You know, if I'm Anthony Davis and I'm at home and I'm seeing tweets and reports and all this, I'm like, where the hell is this stuff? People are just making things up. Listen, Anthony Davis knows damn well better than you and I that his situation sucks. Why not Carl Anthony Townsend? Because his situation he just got, sucks. Oh, but, his oh, situation, wait, whoa, they whoa, suck whoa. out Hit there. Hit the brakes on Towns. Look at the talent around <laughs> Why him. Why not Joel Embiid? Why don't he uh, get frustrated? He can't stay healthy because he can't stay healthy enough to be frustrated. <laughs> You're talking about Keep crappy going. Who teams. Who else you got? Keep going. Dude, why not? Uh, let's go Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's go. Uh, they just got to the playoffs. Come on, Come man. On. He, he, the last thing he should be is, is upset. He just led his crew to the playoffs. Devin Made Booker. What about Devin Booker? Hot mess. What do you, do you need? A, How come his a, name's not being mentioned in trade rumors? Do the Celtics because, really need another no, guard? Yes, they do. They're about to draft one in Markel Fultz. Who can play with the crew <laughs> that they got right, right now? Devin Booker, you got to give something up to get that young fella. Come on. So in, in terms of, let's get back to the Celtics. After I schooled you on Anthony Davis. <laughs> because that, that bothered me. Uh, not just you, just everybody talking about it. But in terms of the Celtics, you mentioned it. Gordon Hayward, great player. Very good player. Yeah. Doesn't put you over the hump. No. And so... But do you need to make those incremental steps? I don't know if you can get to Cleveland level this offseason. I, I, I don't think you can. Right. I don't think you can. Because, again, you would have to add a transformative difference maker. And, as I said, the only guy that fits that bill that you can even have a conversation about, even if it's a pie-in-the-sky <laughs> conversation, Drapes, climb, climb off the ceiling, Drapes, come back down, have a seat, Okay. <laughs> We both know that it's, it's highly unlikely that, that anything will even, ever come about with Anthony Davis. We, we both agree on that. But in terms of the type of player that you would need to get you over the hump, he fits the bill. That's all what I'm saying. What about someone a little more realistic? Realistic? Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah. Because there seems to be a little friction here. That's why I don't but bring the problem, him up. But the problem with New York is that they've already designated as Melo as being the guy they got to get rid of. Yeah. And they want to build around Porzingis. And so that's why, to, to me, he makes even less sense because that's a guy who's in a situation where they've already hunkered down and said, you are dude. That, you know, 8, 9, 10 all-star who came back, he's not our dude anymore. Right, right. Even though he's got a no-trade clause, and basically you can't move him until he, unless he But says, it seems like Porzingis is pissed off at Phil Jackson he right is. now. He is. And, and your, your hope, if you're the Celtics, if Porzingis just walks in and says, you need to trade me. Right. And, and then if they just kind of ignore his pleas. Would you trade goes, that number one for, for Porzingis? Porzingis? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
All right, just I'll, I'll, sure. pick, I'll pick him up at the airport as I'm giving <laughs> Phil Jackson that, that number one. Mark, pick. Here, you can have folks. Here's folks. Give, yeah, give we'll, us Porzingis. Yeah, we'll do a little body exchange right then and there. No, I'm with you on that because uh, I think Porzingis, he's, he's going to be a he great has player. To, he has to, if he's going to get out of that situation, he has to force the issue. Yeah. Because the Knicks are not going to let him go easily. And if you're the Celtics, I mean, you've got picks, you've got young players, guys that can help the Knicks be better than they are right now. But the problem I have with New York is that they don't like substance. They're all about sizzle. (laughs) Fultz gives them sizzle. He gives them. Can you imagine Fultz in New York, dude? He gives them some sizzle. But that hasn't worked out well in recent years. Yeah, I I agree. I feel would feel bad for him. If I'm New York, I might want more than just that number one. I'd have to get Fultz. Or you're the gonna, number one. You're going to want Fultz. Bradley. You're going to want Bradley. It's some combination between Bradley, Smart, and Thomas. You're yeah. going to want two out of those three yeah. guys easily. Yeah. And if I'm Boston and I'm looking at that, I'm like, oh, really? Ooh, that's a lot. But Porzingis is the man, dude. He's good, but he's only going to be great if he's in a winning situation. He's got guys around him who can play. Yeah. And that ain't happening in New York anytime. Wait. It ain't going to happen in New Orleans anytime. Their first pick this year in the draft is 40th. Because of that dumb deal they made with Sacramento. Yeah. That, it, it's that, a, I'm t- I'm I understand you, the talent of Cousins, but just the fit. It it's just, a It's not fit. a good fit, man. The whole team is a bad fit. Can they fit. flip Cousins eventually? <laughs> can they try to Good luck with colors? that one. Do they uh, call Chicago and get Jimmy Butler? Or do they well, call uh, Boston well, and get uh, put it this somebody? Way. Put it this way. He's in Sacramento. Because you they talk suck. about trading Anthony Davis. To me, Cousins is the guy more likely to be dealt uh, this upcoming you gotta season. Find another, you've got to find a sucker for him. Because <laughs> in Sacramento, great talent, team sucked. Lakers. Oh, goodness. You, please, yes. That Go might, there. That Do might it. be the move. That might but the, be the but move. here's the thing. What do the Lakers have to offer? I mean, if you're going to trade him, I, whoop, I mean, they don't, what, what, what Luau Ding's contract? Nah, nah. You got to give up one of their young guys. You got to give up a... Uh, D'Angelo? A D'Angelo or an Ingram or something like that. And I know Magic said, you know, Ingram's untouchable, but you got to give no up one of those thing. guys. No, there's no, no such, such thing. thing. Uh, and, and, and what's more realistic for the Celtics then? Give us some realistic for offseason the Celtics, moves. Realistic moves. Gordon Hayward, I think, is realistic. A more realistic move is, is Gallinari. Nah, dude, I, I understand he, he, that, and I understand they but like that. Has to be, but that has to be a short-term joint. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that has to be like one or two years, and you got to work in certain you know, contingencies. You know, if you play X number of games and are healthy enough to play, this is, what, this is right. what happens. But from a talent standpoint, if you're talking like a two-year deal with him, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm year, totally yeah. cool with that, but I'm not, I'm not hitching my wagon to that cat long-term. No, if this was two years ago... I'd be more excited about I that. I still wouldn't hitch my wagon too long, even to you, because he was still having those he health was hurt, issues. Hurt, yeah. yeah. That's the but only, he does fit in. That's the only knock against him is he's injury prone. And the last thing Danny Ainge and Brad need is another cat who gets hurt a lot. I love Avery Bradley, right. but 27 games, come on, bro. Yeah, but what about a guy like Blake Griffin? I think they're yeah. high on Blake. They are high. They like Blake Griffin, I feel like. Bro, I don't like the fit, though. I don't I, like Blake. I, I don't like the fit, and... I'm not convinced that he's going to be a guy that's going to make you better. Like, I'm not, like, to be candid, I think I, he gives you better scoring, obviously. Right. Obviously. And he he's gives a you, good passer. He's a good passer, and he's a good rebounder. Yeah. But <laughs> the fact that he's been in such an amazing situation all these years in Clipperland. And he always gets hurt, too. And he always gets yeah. hurt. And he's all, and frankly, I don't see him making them better. 
He's been solid. Uh, he's dude, a solid crazy? player. Look at that team. Look you at can't that team. imagine Al and Blake Griffin is a better uh, starting front court than Amir and Al? Come on, man. Come on, dude. Shirai. I'm telling you. Take that they got 50, They got 53 wins this past Take season, that right? Statement okay, let me, I'm going to ask you this. How many <laughs> wins they get with him? 56, 57. And what's that going to do? They're, but I, I tell you what, they're better equipped to battle Cleveland. Okay. With Blake Griffin. I don't know if they're went. But here's the thing about Cleveland. It's not about Blake or with the it's all about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So who's the kryptonite to LeBron? You can't go out there and get Kawhi. So no. what do you do? You gotta find other ways to beat them. I mean, the, I will say this about the Celtics. The idea of having a floor full of of shooters is a great concept. If you got shooters who can make shots. <laughs> I know, I was about to like, say. I mean, that. I mean, true, I mean, I mean, if we're keeping it real. A guy like Kyle Korver will be great for the Celtics. All right. Great for them. What about J.J. Reddick? Great He's a free for agent. Would love, would love if money. J. Yeah, would love if they had a guy like that. Somebody that they can look to and say, that dude can knock down shots. Right, Because right. the thing that, with, with me, the most frustrating part about the Celtics all season long, and especially in the playoffs, is Cats missing open shots. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just drove me nuts. Oh, my gosh. That, that's the thing. They ran like the Golden State Warriors offense, yes. but didn't have the Golden State Warriors talent. Yes. You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you look at the final stats after games, and, you know, the Celtics, they'll shoot like, you know, 42, 43% from the field, and then you look at uncontested shots, and they shoot right. like 27, <laughs> 28, 30, and you're thinking, wait a minute, the whole point of your coach is to come up with plays to get right. your ass open. And when you don't make those shots, it's like, what am I doing? Well, it's a difference, and no disrespect to Jay Crowder and Marcus and Bradley, but... They're not J.J. Reddy. They're not J.J. Reddy. They're not Kyle Corbin. They're, They're not Steph Curry Which or Clay Thompson. Yeah, and, and, and that's, hired guns, guys right. that, you know, can knock them down. Right, and I, and I know it's, you know, it's, it's all in the past now, but I was hoping that R.J. Hunter would be that dude. Because I saw that, because yeah. that role was perfect for him. Because they needed that. That's something, when you look at this roster from top to bottom, they never have had, and Brad's, frankly, since Brad's been here, that knockdown three-baller. That's true. And, and that's to, Brad's system, though. Right. That's what they, they, they need that. They need that. They need one guy who can come in the game and naturally knock down shots consistently because that opens things up for your postgame. That opens things up for Al Horford. That opens things up for Isaiah to drive and finish. And Avery Bradley, when Isaiah went out, I was pleasantly surprised to see him put it on the floor Avery, and yeah. actually go to the rim and finish and sometimes. Finish and, 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 even boof, and even boof on right. people every now and then. <laughs> Loved it. But, but I know we're talking a lot about Gordon Hayward. As we should. Is it realistic, though? Is well, it, are the odds in their favor? No. 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 Because he can still sign for more years and more money by staying in Utah. So what, what's, what's, what's going to happen here? Are we going to come Gordon, back with the same squad but just Gordon add Markel gonna, Fultz? Gordon is going to have to decide whether he wants to, A, stay where he's at, make a whole lot of money with a crew that's really good and is on the rise. The caveat being, <laughs> you're on the rise, asterisk, but you're still not good enough to right. get past Golden State or San Antonio or potentially Houston. So you're looking. So they're really, right there. Though. So really, Utah's I mean, right there with. Yeah. I think Houston. Yeah, I, I would agree. Golden State, no. San Antonio, probably so, not. So I mean, but you're, they're right you're, there your ceiling is year. three. Right. Where number three? You come to Boston. They've already shown they can finish with the best record in the East. Who has a better did. roster, Utah or Boston? I think Ooh, I think Utah has a better roster, but I think Boston is better equipped to make a deeper playoff. I agree run. because they're in the East. Because they're in if the Utah East. Utah was and, in the East, 
If Utah was in the East, too, they would bro. be they'd in the conversation right for one of the top two or three yeah, seeds. Yeah. But the, th- the thing about Boston is that Same. they're just they're just right where you ideally want to be, but you know you need to add at least one significant piece to stay where you're at, which is in the top two, three. Yeah. And if you add two, which you're thinking Markel Fultz can be one of those two, you just might have enough to at least – Stay where you're at. Give Cleveland a run for their money. And be better equipped to, to contend with Cleveland. And, and here's the thing about whatever the move the Celtics make. I want them to get a guy like a Gordon Hayward who can not only help you right now, but also help you when Mark, uh, Markel Fultz right. is that guy. Right. You know, you mentioned Gallinari. You, it's right. Short money. Short money. Yeah. He helps you now. And so, ideally, you don't want to give long-term money to an older guy, right. like a 28, 29, 30-year-old guy. Right. And so how old is Blake Griffin? He's, he's getting up there Yeah, now. Blake Blake is like late 20s. Late 20s. 20s. And so I don't know if Blake is even that guy. I love Blake. I actually like him as a player, but I don't even know if he's that guy, Yeah, you know, that you give five years, you know, $180 million, whatever the number is. And so to me, if I'm Danny Ainge, you got to get a young guy who's a free agent, Obviously, uh, you know Utah the, kid, right. uh, you know, Gordon Hayward. Who else, though? You know the guy I would love, but it's uh, not going to happen. New Orleans. I'm still I'm – Dallas still, about to I make know, him I rich, know, bro. Know, Dallas going to give they, it to him, man. Yeah, my, my peeps in Dallas have said, look, you can say all you want about New Orleans and Boston, <laughs> but it ain't happening. Is it there is anybody it? in Orlando worth uh, trying to get? Or, I mean – Or that doesn't move the needle enough, they don't have, though, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Vucevic. Right. I think he could be a guy that can help you. Uh, I mean, he's a double-double machine. Yeah. He can score a rebound. He's not as bad a defender as people make really? him out to be. I, I've, right. I've watched him play a, a decent amount, and he, he doesn't – he's not horrible. Um, and then, you know, uh, my man up in Toronto is, is going to be uh, available. Surge, he's going to be – yeah, but, but they're going to lock him up. They already said they don't want to uh, – Celtics don't want to – didn't right. want to give him and a I, I can't blame him. I mean, I think he, he's one of those guys that, like you were talking about before, who's kind of, you know, on the high side age-wise yeah. and he wants the long-term yeah. deal. Um, the Celtics, I, I, I feel they need to get a shooter, a dead-on, absolute right. three-point sniper killer. Um, who are those guys? Well, who, I mean, we've, we've already talked we talk about, about Reddick. Those and are the best. Kyle Korver. You know, I Korver's think Inglis for Utah. Oh, Inglis. He's going to yeah, be Joe available. Ingles, yeah, he's, uh, he's available. Right, and he had a great year shooting he the ball this year. He did have a good year. And, and gotta, they ran him at point a little bit, too. Yeah, uh, but he's, he's not that, a point, that's not, nah, but that's not him. Nah. But He's he, that guy that brings the ball up the court and gives it to the real it, point right? guard. <laughs> yeah. He knows his role. Right. He knows his role. So, obviously, a lot to think about come free agency for the Celtics, but... Is there really anything to think about when it comes to the NBA draft? Number one overall pick. I, I can't see them drafting anyone but Markel. I, I can't because my concern with like a guy like Lonzo Ball is that he's got great court vision. But guess what? Ball movement wasn't your problem. Shot making was. You needed a guy. He can shoot. He can, he can uh, shoot. Lonzo can shoot. He can ball. shoot, but he's not a scorer. You need a guy who's a scorer. Markel dropped 23 and some chains, and granted, Washington sucked. <laughs> They suck, but you know that this kid can shoot. And you look at his shooting percentages. He was in, like, the low to mid 40s, so it's not like he's a bad shooter right. who's just scoring because he's taking a high-volume number of shots. So if you got the number one pick, I think Markel is an absolute no-brainer. Josh Jackson, I love the athleticism. I love Josh Jackson. But I feel there's too much similarities between him and Jalen yeah, uh, yeah. for him to actually get on the floor. 
And I will say about Josh Jackson, though, in the big games, dude, he brought like his competitiveness was on display. I love. mean, yeah, that's you. That's you what, love and, that fire in him. And the thing about Josh, I think compared to most of the guys in this draft, I think he's a little bit ahead of the curve defensively. Yeah. And yeah. so if you're the and for him, that would ideally give him a shot to get on the floor sooner. But the problem is. Jalen Brown had a year to figure that out. Right. And it, where he's at now, defensively, from where he was when he first got here, is night and day. But, you know, you mentioned Jackson. Some people talk about Tatum. I love Tatum. And I love Tatum love also. Tatum. But would you take him at number one? No. That's the thing. Is, no. To me, there's really only one guy it has at to be number Markel. one. It has to be Markel. And, and the thing about those other guys we've talked about, Ball, you know, Tatum, um, Jackson, they're all good players. And they're going to be in the league for a long time. And I would not be shocked if – Two or three of those guys are, are all stars within the next five, six years. But Markel is different. I mean, yeah. he, he has a, his game, when you look at what he does well, and you look at the Celtics when they've had problems, he addresses that as well as anyone in the He could create his own shot. And that was a problem, I yeah. thought, when Isaiah went down, that they really didn't have didn't anyone have who could create. I, I thought Avery Bradley, like we talked about earlier, I thought Avery Bradley did a, a good job. But you know that's not what he does. That's not his game. He is a great coming-off curl, spot-up shooter, can hit the three, uh, plays great defense. But Fultz is an ISO dude. And he he, – But any concern, Sharad, because – and I'm not concerned about this, but this has been raised. Nine wins at UW. Mm Come on, man. I, 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 I'm curious to hear him explain that one. How does because I, they lost to Yale, bro. And I'm looking at I some mean, of the they team. lost to yeah. ooh, Seattle or whatever it was, Seattle University. And that's, why, and that's why my concern with him isn't about the talent. It's about running a team. Yeah. I'm concerned about his ability to run a team and be effective, not only getting his, but making sure everyone else gets fed. Right. When you're playing with a guy like Isaiah Thomas, you don't have to be on the ball. You can, I mean, he can literally learn on the fly how to run a team by watching the way Isaiah runs a team. Because Isaiah, and you know, if, if you look back to where he was a few years yeah, ago, yeah. I mean, it was just, he was a shot chucker. Yeah, yeah. He was a shot chucker in every sense of the word. He was getting his and his alone. That's, I mean, when you look back to the Cleveland series where they got swept, I mean, Cleveland, they just basically just, they just yep. attacked him attacked. And, said, and dared him to shoot. And he said, okay, I'm still going <laughs> to shoot. He figured out I need to get other guys involved when defense is like giving me that kind of attention. Markel Fultz, I think, will figure that out in time. Um, but it would be great for him to be in a situation like Boston where he can learn how to be a lead guard and not have to necessarily be thrown to the fire from day one. Right, and doing yeah. That. yeah, no doubt. I know you had a chance to talk to his high school coach. Yeah. Uh, what did you take away from that? Obviously, he's going to hype his guy up and speak going. You know what did what? you take away from that? He didn't hype him up as much as I really? thought he would. Uh, he, he, we talked a lot about the fact that he cut him when he was a sophomore. Yeah. Um, which, Why did he, he say that? Well, he, this, was his, this was his argument, and, and I could kind of understand this. He, uh, he had a team that was a little bit older, guys were established, and he knew that bringing Markel up, he wasn't going to play much, if at all. Right. And so – Put him on JV, get his confidence up, get, him, get, him, get yep. him feeling as though he can run a team because his time was going to come very soon. And that would have been a better experience for him than sitting a bench on varsity. And as it turned out, the whole Washington connection came about because he was busing kids on the JV. One of the assistant coaches from Washington was just kind of traveling through and he just popped in the gym, watched a JV game, and he was like, damn. This dude's nice. And at the time, at the time, he was only like, 
I don't even think he was six feet tall at the time. And so Washington, when you think about the guards that they've had through the years, yeah. they've had a lot of undersized guards, yeah. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah, who've done Nate well. Robinson, right, you know, yeah. right. So they figured that maybe this kid is not going to grow anymore. So let's just jump on him now because he fits the profile that we've had success with. Ah. And then as he got older, he grew, had his growth spurt the following year. It's to where he was a legitimate, normal, average-sized point guard. I was going to wonder, how does a guy from what, Maryland, yeah. uh, go to Washington I said, I, I, you that's know, how, that's weird, yeah. right? But what the, happened to Duke, it's, Carolina, it, Kansas? Loyalty is what we've just been talking with people in this camp. Washington was the first one that jumped on him, as I said, when he was when he was a sophomore playing on JV, and they stayed on him from the jump. And even as these other teams started coming in, when he started busting kids in all these national tournaments, he stuck with Washington because they stuck with him when they didn't have to, when no one was around but them. So... That was, good. that was good to hear because you, you always wonder, how the hell does a kid from, from one part of the country right. wind up on another? <laughs> and and that, was the, that was the narrative about, about that. But the thing I like about Fultz is that when he got cut, he could have easily just said, I'm going to transfer. Right. I'm going to go to another school. Yeah, this coach yeah. doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about. I'm Markel right, Fultz. Right. I'm that dude. But he stuck his head down, ate that humble pie. Got in the gym, got in the weight room, put some work in, and said, you know what? I'm still going to be that dude. And he got moved up to varsity at the end of the season, and he was was ready. He was ready to step in and play because all the confidence he gained as a sophomore on the JV. And obviously, every opportunity he's had to showcase himself against the best in the nation, he has stood out. I think it's no doubt going to be Markel Folds. Everybody Mm -hmm. talking, well, might they trade it? I don't think the, the, the trade that they want is going to be there for them. The, the only way I see him traded is if they get someone who is an absolute no-brainer, bona fide, transformative player. I'm not <laughs> like going to say any names. Don't say I'm, not, names, I'm not saying any but names. But that's the only way, right? But yeah. Because when you look, not well, for Jimmy Butler. Well, oh, hell no. Not for Paul George. Hell no. Ooh, hell no. Okay. Because, because what you're trying to do is win a championship. Right. You're not trying to just be close to getting back to where you were. You're trying to win a title at this point. And... The one thing I, I, I do like about Markel with that number one pick is that you have to look at when teams have traded that pick and you look at what they've gotten in return. Yeah. It's only happened twice since 1985, which when we went to a lottery, that the number one pick has never played for the team that drafted right. him. Chris Webber. And I understood oh, yeah. why Orlando traded him because him and Shaq at that time, I'm not sure right. they could have coexisted. Right. But and the guy Penny. you got... Was Penny was a perfect Hardaway. fit, yeah. Perfect that, that, fit, yeah. Per- and, and people knew Penny was going to be a transformative player. Yeah. I mean, six eight, six nine, yeah, running legit, man. running the yep. point. Yep. So you understood that. Cleveland, a couple years ago, with Kevin Love getting him from from Minneapolis and giving up Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. You can do that because Wiggins played the same position as a guy that you had a pretty good idea was going to be joining <laughs> your forces yeah. in in a, f- in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and. The way Cleveland did it, they drafted Wiggins because he was the best player available. And if LeBron decided that he wasn't going to leave, you got he Wiggins. You still got Wiggins. And if LeBron says he's coming, let's see let's if we see. can flip him and get what we really need, which was Kevin Love. So the Celtics, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to get a deal on the table for that number one pick that they're going to look at and say, okay, by moving him and we get this guy – we're going to the finals. We're, going to, do it, We're yeah. going to be in the conversation to get back to the finals. I just don't think those guys are going to be made available to them. Uh, let's get back to the Celtics. Obviously a great year. Let's talk about some of our most improved Celtics, some guys who uh, didn't improve as much as we thought they would. Uh, let's start with uh, some of the pleasant surprises for this season. Jalen Brown. Jalen was Jaylen. better. He got better as the season progressed without question. I mean, you go back and you look at some of the video from his first like few weeks 
I mean, chicken with his head cut off. Just didn't know where he was supposed to be on a lot of defensive yeah. coverages. And, you know, Avery Bradley, bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> every now and then, Avery, you know, when he's talking about Jalen, he would say, yeah, young guy's doing well, but, you know, he's, he's got to work on knowing where he needs to be right. on defense, defense, but yeah. we like him. You heard less and less of that as the season progressed, and you saw it was it. still there a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, there were still some instances, absolutely. But, yeah. but it, but it definitely wasn't nearly as problematic as it was at the start of the season. And that's what you want to see from a rookie. You want to see him make progress. And I love the fact that he legitimately has the dog in him. Yeah, he looks at LeBron James the way <laughs> no one his age is supposed to look at LeBron James. He looks at LeBron James as a dude, a very good dude, very good player. But you know what? I ain't afraid of you. Yeah. And, you and may you, bust me. You may take me. You may make me look bad, but I'm not going to back down from you. And anybody that watches Jalen Brown that knows basketball, you can see the talent. Mm-hmm. You can see the skills uh, in him. And he's not as bad of a shooter as everybody made him out no. today. He's put in some major work, I he's, thought. He's, to me, he has subscribed to what I call the Avery Bradley plan. You find a spot on the floor when you're young that you're confident that that shot's going to go. And he loves that corner yep, three, corner. just like A.B. Yeah. loved that corner three. Yeah. And I think next year we're going to see him look to shoot more from the arc on his three-point shot. And I think he's going to be better at attacking closeouts and hitting the mid-range. Because when he starts hitting that shot, yeah. you yeah, got problems. Mid-range, you yeah. got problems. Because then all of a sudden, corner three, mid-range, getting dunked on your head. <laughs> One of the three is going to happen. He got all the two, all three, gonna, yeah. yeah. Now, for me, most improved or – you know, not a pleasant surprise, but a guy, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. You know, uh, he was an all-star last year, but he catapulted himself to the MVP talk. I know he's not a finalist, right. but if there was a top five, top six, Isaiah would, I think, be on that list. What he's been able to do this season, uh, you know, averaging close to 29 points per game, really putting a team on his back. Uh, I can't tell you how many times the team needed him in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to come through, and he did pretty much every single time out there. Uh, I, I was thoroughly impl- impressed with the season Isaiah had. And the, the fact that no matter what teams did defensively to try to shut him down, knowing damn well when the fourth quarter rolled around, he's looking to get buckets, <laughs> right? plural, not singular. They couldn't do anything. He, I mean, I've never seen a guy that small who had who mastered the art of angles mm. on sh- on his shot taking? Shot. Um, it's it's amazing, and he had a great season, and it's it's great that he has uh, he's been efficient about it too. I don't I never felt like when he has those 30, 35 games that he took a ton of shots 20, to get them. thirty shots. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. he it was a pretty normal allotment of shots that he took to get those yeah. those points, and and that if you're the Boston Celtics, that has to be the blueprint going forward. You need more guys like that who can be efficient with their shot taking. Yeah, and. and the big question is, what kind of extension does he get from the Celtics? That's, that's a tough call, if I'm, man. If I'm IT and I'm in his camp, uh, I'm telling him to play this thing out all the way. Don't do an extension. And here's why. Here's why. Them dollars, though. You want to see them dollars. Listen, an extension is going to be less than what you get on a free market. Yeah. I mean, free market, Isaiah is in the 30 million. In, he's in the 30 million some change. Is somebody going to give him that? Yes. Isaiah, and, and, here's, and here's why. He's a dynamic player. Right. He gets you 30 points a game. I think... Will the Celtics give him that? If I'm them... <laughs> if, now, listen. If, and like I, I said, you I told did. you what I'd do if I was in Isaiah's camp. Right. If I'm in the Celtics camp, I'm trying to get an extension done right. this summer. Right. Because that is... And the way that I would sell him on that is that, look, 
we want you to be a part of our future. We have visions of having a big three, big four, and you're going to be in that mix. But we have to have a certain amount of flexibility to go out and get you some help. We did that with Al Horford. You did a great job helping us get out. We appreciate that. And now we're going to take care of you. But we also have to be able to add at least another piece. Because, Isaiah, you know firsthand, you look around at Golden State. They don't have two stars. Yeah. They got four. You look at <laughs> Cleveland. They don't have two stars. They got three. three. And, and really, I consider Tristan Thompson a star hey, role player. He's, yeah. Because to he's me, huge he's huge. Yeah. yeah. So we're, technically, they got four, too. Right. You got you and Al. And you got some good guys around you, but you yeah. don't got no stars. You don't got no guys who have a role <laughs> and are stars in their role. You, you got guys who are good in right. their roles. You don't want to tie up, you know, all that cap and, and you know, lose all that flexibility. Right. right. And, I, and yeah. I, think, I think you might be able to convince him of that uh, if you have very specific guys in mind that you want to bring in. Yeah. And he is convinced that by if we can get him or him or him. Right. We at least back to where we were this year. Maybe potentially can knock Cleveland off if if we get if everybody is healthy at the right yeah. time. Let's talk about the guys who did <clears throat> not make that leap. Oh, that it, jump. Oh, right off the bat, Terry Rozier. He came around in the playoffs, though. He was better in spurts in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, summer he, league, he looked great, I, too, I was, didn't he? Man, listen, I, I, had, I had half my chips <laughs> in on that one. Not all my chips, because he's, he's a young fella. Right. I had half my chips on that cat, because he looked great in the summer. Yeah. And it wasn't so much the scoring and the passing, but more of the edge, the attitude, the swagger that he had. Yeah. The fact that, you know, he tell Isaiah Thomas straight to his face that he tried coming for his minutes. <laughs> and IT was like... That's what okay, I want. Okay, that's what you that's want. That's what the you want. But he never got into that that steady, consistent, right. bringing it every night. And also, the other issue that hurt him was that he was following in the footsteps of Evan Turner, who was just Mister yeah. Everything yep. off the bench. Yep. I mean, th- there's a reason why Evan Turner got paid 17 million and some change per year, per year. Uh, for what he did in Boston because he was such a jack of all trades, Mister Utility guy. Uh, but more than anything else. Evan made big plays down the stretch. And that was the thing that disappointed me with Terry. I just didn't think he made enough of those big plays. And I don't think it's an ability issue. I just think at some point his confidence got rattled. And he could never galvanize that confidence back to be that guy that we saw at the beginning of training camp who on that second unit was giving the first unit the business on a regular. For me, it's Marcus Smart. Mm. I thought Marcus did a good job, you know, Running the show, being a point when Isaiah was out, and, and, and but the shooting is still an issue yeah, for him. He is. did not improve his shooting. Uh, had a good stretch, you know, from the free throw line there, then tailed off at the end of the season. And so I'm starting to wonder: Is this who Marcus Smart is? Yeah, is he going to be? You know, a very good sixth man kind of guy. Yeah, is he going to be a starter in this league? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, 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 he's he's looking more and more like Tony Allen every day. And I, I've always thought, and I he love was, Tony. And Allen. I, well, I, I love Tony, but Tony is a gritty, grimy defender who's not really going to give you much offensively. Right. Uh, his his shot looks funny. I'm talking about Tony. His yeah. shot looks funny. His whole offensive package just doesn't f- make yeah. you feel comfortable when he has the ball. Marcus isn't as bad from a comfort standpoint, but you're right. He has to shoot the ball better. And it's not even like a formal mechanics thing because right. you watch him shoot. It looks it good. It looks good, right? It looks it like looks every good. shot he's putting up yeah. is going in. And that's what gives me hope that eventually it's going to sink in. But obviously at this point, he hasn't developed a good enough shot to where you feel comfortable with him as your starter. He's basically uh, an elite defender with not much offensiveness to yeah. his game. And, and that's, you know, for me, 
you that's know, the next step. That puts for you. Him, on, that puts he, you in that you might be traded between now and the start of training camp <laughs> right, classification because right. you clearly have a significant strength that a lot of teams want. Yeah. But there is a glaring weakness to what you do that. You know. Yeah, he has the intangibles. He has the toughness, the griminess, great defender. Uh, but I don't know, man. You know, he hit seven threes in that game against the Cavs. And he may not hit seven threes, <laughs> you know, in a, in a month. I know. I know. And, I, and we love Marcus. But to me, he's a good, very, very good six man. He's yeah. that guy. Late in the games, you want him in there, too, because he can make those little plays. Uh, All right, that's enough uh, talking about the Celtics. Uh, Congratulations on a great year for them, uh, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, which that was the goal. Let's keep it real. That was, you know, the the, the top two seed. They got number one and the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, if you're the number one or two seed, you better get to the finals. Yeah. Because anything short of that is a disappointment. I remember, you know, a couple years ago when Atlanta Hawks had just an amazing season and they were the number one seed and everyone – you know, kind of wrote them off as they're just going to get smoked in the playoffs. And they got all the way to the conference finals. Yep. Got smoked in the conference got finals. Right. Got swept. Got swept um, by Cleveland, yeah. Yeah, but, but they had a great season by getting there. But, and, and that's, to me, that is a reminder of just how difficult it is to get there and stay there. Because yeah. Atlanta, that was a peak of their Al Horford's time in Atlanta. They have, they... That was it. That was it. And, and I don't want the Celtics to be right. the Atlanta Hawks. Right. If you're Danny Ainge, you got to, you know, uh, safeguard against that. Absolutely. Uh, the NBA Finals underway. Uh, first game uh, Thursday. Uh, just handicap that for me. It, as much as I want to see LeBron win, because you know I'm a LeBron guy. We know. We know. I just don't see how they do it, man. I, I just I, think Golden State is too strong. I, I think Golden State, not only are they strong, but I think they have, you know, that intangible we like to call motivation. Yeah. Uh, they there's a very very strong sense among them that they should have won it last year. Yep. And when you look at Draymond Green, I think to me he is is the X factor in how this thing is going to yeah. play out. Because if Draymond Green is playing Draymond Green basketball, they're going to win this thing and they're going to win it quick. Because <laughs> what's the, quick? Five. <laughs> you crazy dude? Just think if going Draymond, six. I, I'm I'm telling you, if Draymond is playing at an elite level, which he has the ability to do. It's not going to be long because here's the thing about Draymond. He has the versatility to – he. no one can shut down LeBron. But he, he can make things interesting. Right, right. He has the ability to limit Tristan Thompson because Draymond is a very good rebounder. He has the ability to start the break where he's able to find guys like Steph Curry. You want Draymond to do it all, huh? He does Limit LeBron, keep Tristan off the, uh, Drapes. Off the glass, Drapes. Uh, facilitate for Steph that's and uh, Durant. Drapes. That's why he is an all-star He's also an, always in a conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, always in a conference, conversation to make All-NBA, always in a conversation to make All-NBA defense because he has the ability to do so many different things. Uh, but again, his ability to put his imprint on the game in several categories is huge. But the other thing, too, is Kevin Durant, Ooh. the elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, think Kevin about Durant. this. Think yeah. about this. You had a team loaded and you go out and add a cat who is a 27.2 mm. points per game scorer in World his career. Right. World ain't and right. And his man. career began back in 07. So we're talking about a decade, Drake. <laughs> He's been giving people a business for 27 and some change. You add somebody like that to your mix, and let's not, and, and as much as I think, you know, he tries to downplay it. He knows there's pressure on him to get it done this yeah, year. Yeah. He knows that. And LeBron dealt with that when he went to Miami. And they didn't get it done that first year, but obviously they got it done after yeah. that. Durant, he ain't trying to wait around. 
He's not trying to acclimate himself to this big stage. Because right. first of all, he, it's not like this is his first trip to the finals. He's been there before. But this is his first trip with this group. This and, group. and I'm telling you, I, I, just, I just have this feeling that Durant is going to be like on a different level than we've ever seen him. And it scares the I, death out of me because he is a phenomenal player when he's just playing yeah. a normal game. I honestly got him as my finals MVP this year. I, yeah, I think he's going to be that great on this level. I think he's ready. You know, his first time there, he was young. I yeah. don't think he was ready. I no, think with wasn't. this team, he's ready. Is there any way Cleveland can win? Like, what needs yeah. to happen for Cleveland to win outside of Draymond getting suspended? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for Cleveland – they're going to need Kyrie Irving to be special. I think Kevin, yeah. Kevin Love, listen, Kevin Love has done more than enough to where if he had a horrible finals, you can't even hate on him because he's a big reason why you got yeah. here and he got here pretty quick. I think they need Kyrie Irving to be special because LeBron James, and, and LeBron has kind of talked about this, and Kyrie has too. They're coming closer and closer to where, you know, that baton is being, Pass ex- is being passed on yeah. to Kyrie. And I think for Cleveland to win back-to-back titles – I think it has to be a baton passing moment. Kyrie has got to play better than LeBron if Cleveland's going to wow, win. Wow, that's hard to do. You well, asked it, it a is. lot. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kyrie can do it because he's that, he he's was, that he good. Was, hey, last year in the finals, he was right there with LeBron. He's that good. And I'm telling you right now, if it's going to happen, I think he has to be better. And, look, and think about LeBron. Le- 24, 6, and 7 is like a social game for LeBron. Yeah, that's not enough. But Kyrie can hit you with 35, 8, and 8. <laughs> Kyrie. And hits, you with, and hits you with 35 while taking like maybe 15 shots. He has that ability, his ability to score in ISO situations, his ability to knock down a three ball, which to me, yeah. that was a final frontier for him to go from being a very good, probably in a conversation to be an all-star every year, to being a perennial yeah. all-star that at some point soon, is going to be in the MVP conversation. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing about Kyrie. And I thought last year he had a great finals. And me mm-hmm. and Scal did a segment uh, for our Bella Early Edition where we ranked the players in this year's finals. We both had LeBron one. Mm-hmm. We had Durant two. We had Curry three. Mm. But I think Kyrie is right there. People yeah. sleep on Kyrie. I, I, that was a tough decision I, for I me. I think those guys are 3A, 3B, yeah. and I don't give a damn who you put at A or who you put at B. Because to me, I, I see them as equals. Yeah. I think Kyrie has elevated his play to where he can look Steph Curry eye to eye and say, <laughs> dude, you good, right? but I'm just as good as you. And uh. I, But the, here's the thing, though. He's got to prove it yeah. in the finals this year. Yeah. He was good last year, and, and granted – they got the title and all that. But now, it's judgment time. It's judgment time. Ooh, I'm so excited. You got to step your game up. Right. Because all the every, chips are all in tonight. But I'm telling you, Kevin Love has to be a bigger factor than he was last year. Yeah. He has to give them some scoring, too. He can't average eight points in the finals again like he did last I'm year. I'm curious to see how Golden State begins games defending Kevin Love because we saw in the Celtics Who's series. And, and I'm probably going to go with Green. And then Durant on LeBron? And probably Durant on LeBron. Ooh. Because here's the, th- here's the thing about Kevin Love, and we saw it in the Celtics series. Look at where, when most of his points are scored. First quarter. He's missed the first quarter. <laughs> missed the first, he will get right. you bucket after bucket right. in the first quarter. That's why I want Draymond on him to start the game because Draymond has the ability to get in your head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Love, as, as good a player as he is, 
he ain't got that dog. Like, he ain't and ready to the get thing down about with Draymond, Draymond. Draymond has already gone on record as saying that, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk smack. Ooh. I'm going to get in his head. <laughs> That's what I do. And he's right. He's absolutely correct. Uh, he's, I, think, I think for Kevin Love, the key for him is to not allow Draymond's drama to affect him and get in his head. But that's right. a lot easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Draymond, I mean, he, even LeBron, you know, he's going to get a rise from time to time right. from LeBron, who's going to kind of be taken out of his game a little bit. So, again, I, it, it, the thing about Draymond, it, it, uh, you know, I like his game. I don't love his game. I like his game. But I respect his mental game right, more right. than his actual play. <laughs> he is one of he's in a listen, remember one of the things Doc Rivers used to always talk about was having guys who are agitators. Yep. Draymond Green Draymond, is the best agitator right. in the game. And that's the thing about Draymond. No matter what, you know he's out on the floor. Yeah. You know, whether it's scoring, rebounding, assists, getting in guys, he right. always impacts the game. He does. He does. And and obviously there are times where it goes against Golden State, but more often than not, the way he puts his imprint on the game is a positive for the right. Warriors. You say Golden State in five. I say Warriors Golden State in six. Uh, I just don't see how the Cavs do it. But that's why you play the games, big fella. Golden State got this. <laughs> got All this. right, man. Let's get out of here. Great podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. We uh, talked about a lot. Markel Fultz, offseason plans for the Celtics, the NBA Finals, and, of course, uh, some uh, – surprises for the Celtics this season. Guys who really made a, a truly step forward for the Celtics. Some guys who plateaued and stayed the same. For A. Sherrod Blakely, I'm Kyle Draper. Make sure you check us out on Twitter, Sherrod BCSN, Kyle Draper TV, and subscribe to our Celtics Talk podcast on Apple Podcast, uh, Google, Stitcher, all the podcasting apps out there, and of course, CSNNE.com. We will catch you next time on the Celtics Talk podcast. We out! <laughs>